your positive, positive, positive imprint. Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Well, hello, this is Catherine with Your Positive Imprint, and I am just sitting outside listening to the birds sing. It's truly a peaceful day, and there's a waterfall in the background as well. Well, I have a couple of really wonderful surprises for you today. The absolute wonderful, talented music composer and songwriter, Chris Knoll, has just composed a new song, Elevated Intentions. What a fabulous, fabulous title. Elevated Intentions. I just absolutely love that and it just fits so well with your positive imprint. I will be using this on the podcast and you can hear the new song at the end of this episode. It's always exciting to hear Chris's music and now a new composition and I just love it. Well, there will also be a drawing for one of Chris Knoll's CDs at the end of this episode as well. Well, I met Chris around 1997. Through the years, I've used his music for many activities, including environmental days, school projects, dance routines, and my gosh, the podcast, (laughs) and also so much more. Well, I am so excited to share Chris Knoll's music with you. Chris Knoll's name to fame for me is his own compositions, this one, Elevated Intentions, Gumbalaya, Lay Across My Piano, Laramie Waltz, Far and Wide, and just so many. Well, his talent reaches across the genre spectrum with jazz, soul, reflective melodies, and so much more. And I am so thrilled that he has given me permission to use his fabulous music here on Your Positive Imprint podcast. Well, I admire Chris for the compositions that entertain me, and perhaps you know him through his musical associations as John Denver's pianist back in the 1990s. Maybe you know him through his tours and recordings with Faith Hill, Travis Tritt, the Oak Ridge Boys, Don Williams, Shelby Lane, Emmylou Harris, and many others. Well, Chris describes his extensive career as a quest for music that makes you feel good when rhythms, sounds, melodies, and stories all come together to create magic. Well, his magic has me mesmerized. Thank you so much for sharing your piano compositions as well as your songs. Again, Elevated Intentions, a brand new composition by Chris Knoll and I am using it here on my podcast. You can visit Chris Knoll's website at chrisknoll.com. That is C-H-R-I-S-N-O-L-E.com, where you can learn so much more about his long career. You can also listen and order his music at this site as well. He will also be in Aspen, Colorado, with a group of wonderful musicians on, I believe, October 12th at the Wheeler Opera House in Aspen. It is for a John Denver tribute concert. I know several of you from the Netherlands, as well as other parts of the world, are going to be attending. I hope to see you there. I hope to meet many of you out in Aspen, Colorado. Well, today's episode is featuring two very interesting, funny guests, Steve and Jack, both up in the Arctic in Kaktovik, Alaska, which is where my husband and I met them when we were on a polar bear tour. We did not get to see polar bears, sadly, as it is just a little bit too early, but we did see ice. It was wonderful. 
You can listen to their stories, you can hear the ocean, and you'll hear the birds, some of the Arctic loons and other birds, which are all part of the Arctic Ocean. So I'm out here in the Arctic Ocean, and I would love to share what I'm seeing with you. But since you can't see it, I know you can hear the ocean waves. So while you're driving to work, baking, cooking, or sitting in your favorite chair, just take time to maybe reflect on the sounds of the ocean and the stories we have to hear from the two guests I have today. Jack. Hello. And Steve. Hello. All right, so Steve, I'm going to start with you because you actually, we found you online as actually a polar bear guide here out in Kaktuvik. We're here in Kaktuvik, Alaska, which is on Barter Island. But I'll let them explain that to you. And then Jack, mm -hmm. whom is from... Havoc NWT, Canada. Canada, all right. Yeah. So we'd like to hear your positive imprint. So let's hear, Steve, tell us about yourself first. I'm from uh, Long Island, New York, pretty crowded place, and came out west and traveled around Alaska and lived in a station wagon and old Chevy uh, truck with an Eldorado camper and lived on the haul road on and off for a while and met some met a fellow who owned part of Alaska Telecom and he talked me into coming to Barter Island to uh, to see to see what it was like because he said it was a really neat place and I came here and uh, worked for uh, Walt and Merlin at the hotel washing dishes and uh, doing chores and got to see the polar bears and actually met Jack that first year in 1999 and slowly uh, became friends with him over time and he uh, he took I was lucky enough that he took me out uh, to go do different things and see different things and um, still doing that and now we're working together showing people polar bears so our listeners can you give them a visual of some of the things that you saw something that was your favorite that you can help them with a visualization because we're sitting here in the boat, rocking back and forth in the mm -hmm. Arctic, and these birds are flying by. So what kind of a visual can you provide for the listeners? Uh, as what the Arctic is in general sure. to me. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of, to me, it's kind of heaven and hell all in one. <laughs> it's either the, the best place you could ever want to be, or uh, you could, you know, feel cold and maybe you know, a little scared in the situation you're in, you know, one or the other, it seems like it's, uh, when it's nice and everything's going right, um, there's pr probably not many places like it on the earth that are where, you know, it's still free and open and, you know, nature kind of governs it and people like Jack still go out on the land and, and, uh, and do neat things and, and live up here and exist with it. Okay, so Jack, you are on. He gave a quite a grand introduction yes, for you regarding uh -huh. how you live. So what kind of stories can you share? Uh, I grew up mostly living on the land, you know, hunting and trapping with my parents and, you know, always living off the land. We I remember they used to get us schoolwork to bring out to the land with us, so... You know, mostly living off the land, and then I moved here to Alaska as they passed on, got older, and we, our family moved over. Started working at Pruda Bay, got bored of that. Not bored, but 
you know, met Steve and we started doing these polar bear things, eh, and traveling up and down the coast and looking around and taking people out to see the bears and see the land. It's lots of fun. I enjoy it very much. Right now there's no bears, but we've seen a lot of bears over the years and we keep seeing that one with three cubs, but it can't, it's been coming back for years. Had a back broken leg the first year we seen it. She had two cubs or so that year, raised them. They took off, came back with another set of cubs, healed the leg, and last year we seen her again with the same cubs maybe, but they were getting bigger, so. That was something to see of that polar bear. Well, sure, because that uh -huh. shows resilience. Yeah, it had animal. a really busted back leg that first time we saw the bear. Barely walking, just walking on three legs. And Now, last year, yeah, it was nice and healthy and healed itself. And that's good for that. That's great to have mm -hmm. doctors of the sea, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So, what do you That's think? Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Steve, what do you think your positive imprint is uh, when people walk away from the island and they leave? What is it that you feel has been an added part for their future? For future, not just for them, but maybe the community? Uh. Well, I think it gives them more of an understanding of polar bears and where they live and um, how they live, and and uh, and it gives them more of a respect for for nature. I think, I think you know, it gives them a, a spectacular experience when when they get to see a bear and see what it really looks like, and you know, not from a great distance, and it's calm, and we're calm, and it comes by, and. They can see how mothers, uh, polar bear mothers, let their cubs play with each other and how, you know, these polar bears can be quite social and definitely have bonds of family and friendship and clans. And um, so it, they get to see really how intelligent and deep these animals are. Yeah, and that makes them, I think, think, you know, overall about wildlife, which is, which is good. Uh, the hard part for us is probably... Uh, getting to the bears and and the bears pretty much take care of the rest uh -huh. so, That's right. yeah. so what stories can you tell about you told one about the, the bear that comes by mm -hmm. what other stories even if it's not from here because you're both such interesting folks and you have seen a great mm -hmm. bit of nature out there and we'd love to hear some stories I once had a polar bear put its paw on my head and my shoulder when I was uh, when I was sleeping in a tent at what's Point Thompson and I was with our friend Bruce and uh, we were sleeping and I looked out the tent and uh, there was a big bear standing in the his boat and it's, it was so big the boat was maybe a little lower than this one, but its belly didn't even touch the gunwale. It just had its front paws in. And uh, so he just stood there, and then he kind of started yelling at it, and it walked over to us. And uh, then he shot a, uh, a gun in front of it just to scare it, and it wouldn't scare away. And then uh, we both started screaming, and it heard two voices, and it took off running. But it was headed this way to Barter Island. And then uh, we thought, you know, 
we always thought Jack and Bruce and myself that you know polar bears are pretty social animals and um, didn't want to fall back asleep because we thought another one might be coming off the ice from the west and following that one and you know I was so tired I fell asleep snoring and uh, we didn't we were gonna leave and head back towards the Barter Island way but the water was too rough and that next bear came and must have hear, heard me snoring and put its paw on my head and shoulder just kind of tapping me inside the tent not real hard or anything and of course I woke up and squealed and freaked out and that bear got scared and I opened the window of the tent and you could see its butt shaking as it ran and dove in the water and swam away but the point was it was following the other bear and it was a younger male so it was maybe learning from that older male where to go and kind of just following it around and then Bruce had enough and he grabbed all our stuff and threw it in that boat and then in the rough water we headed to uh, to where Jack and Alice were camped, Baldi, yeah. And we uh, crawled up in their tent and passed out for 12 hours or yeah, something. What a story. Yeah, what so a that, story. That was so, one. Yeah, spirit bear touch your shoulder. I mean, I was lucky. It was sure. just playing, you know. Uh, maybe the bears around here that come here, you know, they know people better. Right. I mean, polar bears could probably be real dangerous. I've seen them out on the ice places where it's been kind of scary, but the bears around here are kind of special. You know, they, the people are special and the bears are special. They have a special relationship together. Um, well, and, and I hear that when I talk to the people there in Kaktubik and how they walk around and they have their security patrol. Yep, the polar bear patrol seem, rides around. Yeah. But they seem, they everybody has a great respect uh -huh. And ever since I was young, I've always called the polar bear the spirit bear. Mm -hmm. Thought of yeah. them as a spirit. Nice. Yeah, because they were they were white. Mm -hmm. So Jack, what kind of stories can you share? Well, this was with Steve and I again. You know, we were camped out maybe 60 miles or so from here, from home. You know, at a polar bear and camping out there, checking it out and. Uh, come back home to get supplies you know we're getting low on gas and food maybe so him and bruce stayed at the camp there and be back in a couple of days to get supplies they eh? came home rested up a day or so got the supplies ready you know real mid-march weather cold and dark you know and windy and headed back to camp I started breaking down with my snow machine I thought it was nothing so I just kept going made it about another 30 miles and the engine blew out so there I was sitting a just load of gear and no I had left my sled because I was gonna try to make it with the snow machine alone so I took the sled off, put a few cans of food in my pocket, a little bit of water. It was just frozen already, so the water. <laughs> Made it about 30 miles, broke down, couldn't go nowhere, so kind of walked to the, to the beach there where I could find driftwood, you know, along the beach. Found some, dug a hole, made a fire. Kind of slept that night, hauled as much wood as I could, you know, because I really didn't want to sleep. But 
kind of sat by the fire and just, you know, dozing off. And then the fire went out. It was already daylight by then, so got up, looked around, pretty cold. So, oh man, nobody's gonna come. Nobody's coming out to get me, so I, I can't really stay there. I could have, but nah, I'll just hope it is. So I started walking back to Barter Island there. Took me about 17 hours that first day, just walking against the wind. It started just probably blowing at 15 to 20, walking into it, kind of like this right now, but in the winter. So my brother has a cabin about 15 miles out. Made it to that cabin, that's just really great. You know, get out of the weather and I can rest. And my brother had a couple of cans of soda there, cans of seven up, that was really good. You know, I melted it down, made a little fire. And, drink that seven up I was so thirsty <laughs> so I camped there the night you know it's still blowing pretty good and I'm still a long ways from home and still nobody's coming so slept there the night decided next morning oh, it's you know only 10 or 15 miles I can try it I can do that eh so I kind of rested that night Got up, left the cabin. It was still pretty windy. Uh, I had a rifle with me, you know, my gun for protection. Even that got heavy. I just left it in the snow, marked it on a GPS. We went back later, pick it up. Left my brother's cabin. Took about 11 hours that day to reach Barter Island. Uh, you know, I'd walk like 10 feet can't walk anymore you know just but I can't stay there so I just rest a little and keep walking almost falling asleep but that's the last thing eh? fall asleep so I just keep walking made it to one of the big buildings there and called my wife and told her come pick me up with a vehicle all along the road because eh? that was quite the long walk yep couple days. Wow. Uh -huh. well, I'm glad you're here. Yes, yes, glad yes. You're here. Uh -huh. and you, so you guys have been together as a team for a long time. Uh-huh. Yeah? Yeah, I've more or less followed Jack or begged him to go do stuff with me. Yeah, and he's always been game. Yeah. And, uh, and probably, you know, the animals don't really scare me in this country, but you know that for taking out tourists, what worries me the most is, uh, you know, that something happens to the boat and we break down or we run aground and it's bad weather and, you know, we got to be rescued or, you know, that, I mean, that's probably what weighs the heaviest on me. Worry about that the most because, uh, you know, I've even had some, you know, kind of close calls with that. One time I was following Jack and I knew less then than I know now and that's not too much and <laughs> and I you know I dressed up all warm and I wanted to go to Herschel Island uh, with Jack because he kept telling me about what an amazing place it was with its own group of caribou and that it had open you know leads and it had these cliffs that you could drive up on snow machine and look for a long ways and a nice cabin and 
that was really a special island to the uh, Inuvialuits. That's what they call the Inupiaqs over there. And uh, so we went there after uh, later in the in the spring in April. But I followed them at night, and uh, Jack can drive kind of quick. And Alice was on the back, his wife, and um, she was even punching him because she kept sliding off a little. And he was pulling a big sled, and and uh, and he just said, you know, follow my track and you'll be fine. So uh, he got out of view, but I was just focusing on his track, and it was kind of probably 20 mile an hour wind, and we were driving. It was a side wind, and I kept wondering what if you know I can't see his track eventually, but his skis kept cutting into the into the crusty snow and ice and. So I kind of felt good about that, and then I started to get comfortable that, you know, I picked my speed up a little bit, and I must have got too relaxed, and I got thrown off the snow machine, and I didn't, um, I didn't, you know, just react, I didn't just roll, I stopped to think for a minute, and that was a mistake, and the, the sled hit me, but luckily it was on a compression hitch, because it was on a rope, I would have got hit really hard and and I got kind of knocked out for just a few seconds and kind of came to I couldn't feel my left arm or shoulder I couldn't move you know felt like something might have been broken or something the snow machine was still running luckily because it was a pull start Polaris and I just pushed it back on its from its side to its bottom and and got on it and caught up you know figured I gotta keep following the tracks and Eventually they had, they must have had cigarettes and supper and because they had to wait a while and <laughs> and I, you know, caught up to them at the end of the tracks and then uh, I said, you know, I needed to stop and and we stopped and uh, camped out with the Arctic oven tent we had and, and then they let me know that, you know, it's really dangerous not to roll really fast when you're pulling a sled when you, when you buck off of it. But I, you know, so anytime I've ever fallen off again, I've rolled quite a bit, but I don't fall off much anymore. <laughs> I figured out how to stay on now. That's good. Um, so that was really scary, and I still feel that injury. You know, it has, it, luckily it didn't break anything, and then we kept going to Herschel Island. But And so was it worth it? I don't know, there? it depends on the hour of the day, what is worth it and what isn't worth it in life. That those answers go round and round in my head. There you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you made it. But I think everything's worth it that you do. Otherwise, there was really no point in doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's an imprint right there. Yeah. 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 That's a great. That's a great closing there. That Both was um... absolutely left a positive imprint <laughs> yeah, on that... myself and my husband because of the deep. The deep dedication you have to tourists who want to come out and mm-hmm. see bears. Now, we may not have seen bears, but we saw the uh, Arctic loon and we saw some sea ice, which was pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, who sees sea ice? <laughs> you you certainly are very dedicated and you have a great business here. Akok Arctic Adventures. What is it? And I'm sorry, Jack, can you repeat that again? That's Akok Arctic Adventures. Oh, Akok is my... Yeah. Native name, my Inupiaq name. And it what does it mean? Do you know what that means? Uh, 
You know, I really don't know. It was given to me by my parents, you know, years ago. I thought it meant the boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, a great pretty answer. Pretty sure it does, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great uh -huh. answer. Yeah. <laughs> great answer. So your business is? Is uh, Left Eye Productions. And how did that come about, Left uh, Eye? I just take pictures of my left eye. and I thought it so might So I just be. needed to think of something to call it and... That seemed to make the most sense back yeah. then. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting on the boat with a photographer and the boss. What you're doing and sharing with the world, but from a safe distance and with also conservatism in mind mm -hmm. and the understanding of the culture as yep. well. I thank you both. And here we'll be able to chat again and hear some more stories. Yeah. <laughs> fog is rolling in and it's getting windier and we may have to start moving. Uh -huh. This has been fantastic. So again, thank you both. Yeah. <laughs> thank you Jack and Steve. It was fun listening to your stories and thank you for your positive imprint in bringing the polar bears to the forefront and educating tourists about their incredible life importance of protecting them. You are listening to Chris Knoll's new composition, Elevated Intentions. Well, I have two Chris Knoll jazz CDs to give away, and the winners are Espen from Norway and William from California. Congratulations, Espen and William. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Positive Imprint, Twitter at What's Your PI. Next week's featured guest is from Nigeria. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe to Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI? Subscribe now.